Amen. I'd like to take our text tonight from a familiar uh, verse, Roman eight twenty-eight. It's Roman eight twenty-eight. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Believe that tonight? Amen. Yeah, I love this verse. Uh, yeah, on the way here, I was thinking there is a condition on this verse. It says, "And we know that all things work together." Doesn't mean that everything worked together for your life at all time, or even if you're unsaved or doesn't know God. Not all things work together, but it says the next part says, "To them that love God." So you have to love God. You have to obey His commandment. You have to know God. You have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ for all things to work together for good. Yeah. So, have you ever uh, tried things on your own? I mean, I have. A lot of time it usually doesn't go the way I want it to or how I want it to or the way I plan it. Uh, yeah, here's some testimony tonight about frustration and stuff like that. I, yeah, God blessed me with this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had, uh, I rarely had to go to a doctor appointment. I had an eye appointment, starting to see stuff. Uh, keep seeing maybe like a fly at the corner of my eyes or something, but I realized there's a spot there. So, yeah, you'd think I would be crazy just swatting thing that's not there. But anyway, I made an appointment with the eye doctor. And uh, the appointment is, was, uh, if you know Portland well a little bit, uh, the southeast Portland, it's uh, on 60th and Gleason. So I, I left work about 30, 40 minutes early because I had to drop to do an errand for work too. It's, it's supposed to be 15, uh, 15 minutes, 13 minutes away from work. And, you know, and uh, at the errand place, it's about 10 minutes away from there. But as I was leaving work, heading south on 181st, I was coming from Sandy and 181st, traffic started to get really, really bad. It took me 20 minutes that it would normally takes me about seven minutes to get where I was supposed to go on 181st. So I was kind of getting, wow, this is uh, crazy. I wasn't screaming or yelling yet, you know, so, but... Uh, so I, I put in the direction, the, the, the map questing, to uh, let me know which way I should go to get me there on time. So I put that in, and I was almost to Gleason, and again, this was on 61st, and I had to go to Burnside on 181st. So it says, uh, I realized at this point I'm not going to drop by the errand to do work. I would have to do that after my appointment. So I put in the direction. It tells me to go past Burnside and to Stark and would go back, so I would be five minutes late. So as soon as I got to Gleason, I saw, I looked to the right again, said, well, there, there's no traffic there. It looked clear. I'm going to turn. It's a, it's a right turn. It's good. So, and sure enough, I, I did went a block later and traffic just stands still. I said, wow, I, I should have listened to that map thing. So I put it there again. So it, it's slow going slow. So at this time, so I put in the direction again. And again, it tells me at the next block to turn right again on, I think, 162nd. Again, go past Burnside, go to Stark, and come back up uh, way down the road 
down there. I said, okay, no, all right. As soon as I get to 162nd, I'll do that. And when I got to 162nd, the road was clear. So you know what? My appointment is on 60th and Gleason. Why would I have to go two blocks that way and then come back two blocks this way? So I, I choose to go against that thing that tells me to go again. And sure enough, half a mile, it, it, it oh wow, I just can't explain it. It, it just, it's unbelievable. I got stuck there again, and you know, I, I, I almost start to scream and it says a little bit, and then the Lord remind me, yeah, this is a good illustration for the next time when you have to preach. Yeah, <laughs> because you know what? In, in life, we either choose to follow the direction uh, that God's given us, and I realize that, look, in anybody in this life, even if you don't believe in God, this is a, the greatest instruction on how to live life, on to live an easy life or a life that is that could give you peace and happiness without going through the struggle that I had to go through just trying to get to my appointment. You know, at the end, I was over half an hour late. So because, again, I choose not to listen to the direction that was given to me. And the same thing in our life. If we choose not to listen to the, the direction, the instruction that God give us, it could take us away from the path that he want us to take. And it could take us a long, we could go down the wrong path that it would take so long to get back where God wants you to be. You know, it's something that God wants you to learn within days or month. It could be years if you choose not to listen to God's instruction. So that was a, a great lesson and thank the Lord for that you know, something. So um, God's word are the greatest instruction for all of us. Either we're saved or not saved if we choose to listen to it. But you know what? Submission to God is our greatest strength. It's our greatest joy. But disobedient bring judgment and separation from God. Yeah. That's why I love the account of uh, Joseph. You know, it's not his fault that he was his favorite or favored child uh, of uh, Jacob. He didn't go around and say, hey, Reuben, you still remember I'm the favorite child, right? He didn't go to Judah and say, hey, look, he gave me a nice coat. No, he didn't go around bragging and tell his brother who he was or what his status was. But he lived a humble life. But unfortunately, his brothers hated him, despised him. And that's not because of Joseph's doing, but that's because of the sin nature that they have. It's that jealousy that they have. And again, because of that, they, instead of killing him, he, he, they sold him into slavery and he became a slave. Again, when he became a slave under Potiphar's household there, he did his job, he was obedient to God, and he did his job well. Again, it wasn't his fault that he was good looking and trying to be taken advantage of. You know, he was just doing his thing. He was humble. Again, he was blamed and then thrown into prison. And again, at prison, he didn't get frustrated. He still believed and followed God's instruction, believed that whatever happened to him, it's in God's hand, it's in God's will. So again, when he was in prison, after a while, he became, he had a good status also. 
And then, of course, you know, he interpreted a couple of dreams, and they promised him that, you know, hey, I'll tell uh, the Pharaoh about it. But again, he was in prison, then he was forgotten about it. Again, most of us, if we're forgotten, somebody's promised us something, you would get frustrated, you get hurt, you know, distraught. But no, Joseph still choose to do the right thing because he know whatever happens, it happened for the good, it's for God's will. And ultimately at the end there, you know, God chose Joseph to fulfill a purpose, which was to save his people, to save his family who once rejected him and denied him. So, and many of us could relate to Joseph's life in one part or another. The only part that, you know, I can relate to sometimes is being driven away from our home when we were in Cambodia and, you know, my parents have to leave. But, you know, looking back, I'm thankful for that because I'm here tonight, get to raise my children in the gospel. You know, uh, without that, I don't know where I would be. But again, God knows best. And I praise the Lord for that. So God has a purpose for Joseph. God has a purpose for my life. God has a purpose for your life. And, you know, God has a purpose when he sent his son to earth. Yeah. He, uh, his ultimate purpose was that Jesus would be the ultimate sacrifice for all humankind. Nothing else could atone for our sin. Nothing. Doesn't matter what we do or we can accomplish, nothing will atone for that sin. Nothing else could avert the wrath of God. You know, Jesus is our only propitiation for that. And um, I'm thankful for that. So God has a purpose when he sent Jesus to die for us. You know, and Jesus has a purpose when he come, when he gave up the throne to come here to earth. You know, his purpose was to submit to God's will. Not his will, but the Father's will. To do whatever he can. I mean, there's many times he asked God, Lord, take this cup away from me. Lord, I don't want to go through it. He know the pain and sacrifice that he has to go through. But his purpose was to submit to God's will, to do the Father's will. That's it. Not his own will. And so again, when he was born, when he gave up that throne, he wasn't born in a major city or well-known places or a mega city or the most famous town there was at that time. He wasn't born into royalty to a well-known family or, you know, a family with big businesses or riches, not even to an upper-middle class who was just born to an ordinary family. Yeah. And he uh, worked as a carpenter until he was 30 because his father was a carpenter. Yeah. And then at 30, he started preaching. He didn't take time to go to school or write a book or start a blog or anything like that. You know, he didn't take time to run for office to make himself known so he can preach more, you know, to, to the world so the world would know him more at that time. But he didn't do any of that. Yeah. He didn't travel to major cities, to well-known city, you know, uh, he never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born there while he was preaching. 
And he didn't travel and try to go meet all the famous people, uh, the people that has influences, diplomat, presidents, or anything like that, or kings. But he just preached to everybody that he come in contact with. You know, he, did, he didn't do many things that the world that we would consider great at all um, or has great accomplishment. He didn't have a great resume. The only resume or credential or reference that he had was himself. Nobody else, you know. So after three years of preaching, the public turned against him. His own people turned against him. One of his friends betrayed him. I mean, I don't, hopefully none of us or maybe some of us has, you know, experienced that, being betrayed by a friend. You know, that is painful. That is not an experience that any one of us want to go through. Now, when he got in trouble, all his friends ran away. Can you imagine if you have a friend and you need help? Nobody was there to be found. Nobody is there to help for emotional support or any kind of support. And then even one of his closest friends, his best friend, denied him. Not once, not twice, but three times. You know, I'm glad I don't have to experience that feeling being rejected by my best friend or closest friend or closest family member. That's probably one of the... the the biggest heartache or heartbreak for anybody that has to go through being rejected and betrayed by a family or a friend, you know, a lifelong friend. So after that, you know, the crowd, they, they, they wanted to convict him. So they put him through a ridiculous mockery of a trial. And uh, they, uh, there was no basis for his trial. They hated him so much that they make up lie just to convict him. And of course, their lies were just running in circle. They had to make up lies to cover up the first lie and so forth. And uh, this was uh, uh, the most heartbreaking thing to me every time I read. They spat on him and beat him. They spat on him and beat him just to appease their anger. Now, after the crowd was appeased by getting their conviction, they group him as a criminal, with the criminal, and hang him between two thieves on the cross, which is one of the most shameful things that anybody could have gone through at that time. So, so while he was dying on the cross, his executioner gambled for his only possession, his only clothing that he had on earth at that moment. You know, he lived a humble life. He lived a good life. His job was just to do the Father's will, to submit to his will. With all that he gone through since that day, over a couple of thousand years ago, no one has such an effect on the human race as Jesus Christ. No other person, no other kings, no other parliaments, no other countries, no other group of rulers have 
that much an effect on the human race as Jesus Christ when he rose again from the dead. He changed the fate of the entire world. He can change your life tonight. He can change my life. His purpose is to give us life. His purpose, his purpose is to give us hope. His purpose is to save us from the wrath of God. And he accomplished that when he gave himself up on the cross that day. He accomplished his purpose so that we could all live. Will you accomplish your purpose tonight? Our purpose is to submit our life, our will to him. Because submission to God is the greatest joy in our life. Submission to God is our greatest strength. That is my greatest strength. That's what I rely on most of the time when I go through challenges, trial, or difficult time. Submitting to his will, his way. I might not see it. I might not. I might think it, oh, it's a good way. Just like that traffic thing I was going through. It looked clear for a moment. But in the long run, after that moment, it could get congested and jam up again. But if I only just, if we only just follow God's will, He has a better plan. He has a clearer path that we uh, should go through. Again, submit submission to God is our greatest strength and our greatest joy. But disobedience will bring you know, judgment and separation. So tonight, what is your choice? Are you saved? If you're not saved, you you need to submit to God and His will and His plan for you. Because his will and his plan for you is to work it all for good, for your benefit, not for anybody else. It's for your benefit so he can use you to be a light to those around you also. So give your life to God because he will, so that way you can have eternal life with him. And that is one of his goal also. So why don't we come and pray and song of invitation is 342.